Hello and welcome to the What The Heck podcast. I'm your host Glenn. This is a creature feature episode where I look at cryptids. I'll describe them, delve into their history, look at some eyewitness accounts and look at what they might be. Research is as academic as possible and references will be given after the story. This week's creature is the giant. This episode will be a little different in terms of eyewitness accounts and theories. Giants have a history steeped in mythology and because of that the eyewitness accounts and theories are minimal. Instead we'll look at things people believe to be proof of giants and what they signify in the folklore they come from. I'd love to look at some actual theories but giants are difficult to find information for. Throughout history giants appear in mythology. It's entirely possible that these stories are based on some kind of fact, but it's just as likely that the real facts have been exaggerated over time to create these creatures. Myths themselves are usually regarded as stories from the distant past, which would suggest there's a little truth to them at least. There are plenty of mythological giants. In Greek mythology, there's Atlas, the titan who holds up the sky. They also had Polyphemus, who was a cyclops that loved to eat people. In Norse mythology, you'll find a whole host of giants, including Hrungnir, who was a drunkard. He boasted that he could kill the gods. Japanese folklore has the Oni, creatures who were once human and loved the taste of flesh. In Christian and Jewish scripture, Goliath faced off against David and was felled by a stone. Even in contemporary fiction, we have the Big Friendly Giant, or the BFG, who loved to roam the night and give children their dreams. And also Hagrid, who was a half-giant and worked at Hogwarts. Returning to Norse mythology for a moment, their giants didn't stay in Scandinavia. When the Norsemen settled in Orkney, they bought stories of their giants. When they landed, they were met with huge standing stones, Neolithic megaliths that were there before the pyramids were even built. The Norsemen assumed that the stones were the petrified forms of ancient giants. Eventually, the belief of giants faded away in most of Orkney, since there wasn't anywhere they could really hide. The only exceptions to this were the valleys and hills of Hoy and Rousey, where the belief of giants persisted until the early 20th century. Before they reached Orkney, Norsemen knew the stories of the Jotnar. Ymir was the first giant and the ancestor of all the Jotnar. He was formed in some kind of primordial chaos called the Ginnungagap. He was formed when the fire from Muspel, the realm of fire, met the ice of Niflheim, the cold realm of the dead. The ice melt, forming the giant Ymir. They also had Fafner and Fasolt, who built Valhalla. Odin, impressed with their work, promised them Freya, the goddess of love. 
They took her and then got offered a hoard of treasure that had been stolen from Alberic the dwarf. The giants divided the treasure, but argued over a magic ring called Anvaranort. Fafna killed Basalt in anger and took all of the treasure. Once hiding inside a cave, Fafna transformed into the venomous dragon Fafnir. Even more famous is Loki, the half-giant brother of Thor. In the mythology, Thor had his hammer Mjolnir stolen by the giants, and Loki helped him get it back while they dressed as Freya and her handmaiden. He almost got married to the giant Thrym, until he managed to get Mjolnir back and kill the giants. Thor returned to Jotunheim to negotiate the release of Loki when he was captured by giants whilst on a stroll. Once again, Thor killed the giants responsible and managed to get Loki back. Loki was also a trickster god and was part giant. He was able to change his shape and sex, which caused as many problems as it solved. Loki began Ragnarok by getting Balder killed and was punished by being bound to a rock with venom being dripped into his face. The strange thing about Loki in particular is that his presence in pre-Christian Scandinavia is obscure. The medieval sources that gave most of the information on him don't mention a cult, which is odd for Norse deities, and the name Loki doesn't seem to show up in place names like the other gods' names do. Loki, as a Norse god, seems to have been one of the only ones who didn't need worship to get his powers, which may have come from his giant blood. Moving into Greek mythology, Gaia, the mother goddess, gave birth to Enceladus of the Gigantes. The Gigantes were enormous and had the lower limbs of a serpent and dragon scales for feet. A battle once ensued between the Olympian gods and the Gigantes, where Athena, the goddess of just warfare, among other titles, managed to injure Enceladus with her spear. That wound disabled him. Whilst disabled, the Olympians buried Enceladus under Mount Etna. It's said that the fire from the volcano is his breath, and volcanic tremors happened when he rolled over to comfort the wounded side. Even now, some believe that earthquakes in the area are caused by Enceladus. The Greeks also had another type of giant, the Cyclopes. Huge, one-eyed monsters, the Cyclopes were a wild race of lawless creatures. They didn't fear the gods and had no manners. The word Cyclopes translates to round eye, and they were considered the sons of Uranus and Gaia. They were employed by Hephaestus, the god's blacksmith. Funnily enough, Hephaestus was said to have a workshop in the heart of Mount Etna, where Enceladus is said to be kept. Homer's Odysseus changed the origin of the Cyclopes and introduced Polyphemus, in Odysseus, Cyclopes were the son of Poseidon, but this is where their savage personalities came from. Polyphemus fell in love with a nymph called Galatea, 
who rejected him for a man named Asis, who was the son of Pan and another nymph. Polyphemus was so angry at the rejection that he crushed Asis with a rock. The blood of Asis became a stream that still bears his name. Odysseus encounters the Cyclopes on his way home to Ithaca. He led his men into a cave filled with food and was trapped by Polyphemus. Odysseus tricked him into getting drunk enough to fall asleep and blinded him with a wooden stake. The men escaped by strapping themselves to the sheep of the Cyclopes, but Odysseus couldn't help but gloat about his victory, which caused Poseidon to cause him more trouble on his way home. Hesiod, the Greek historian, said that there were only three Cyclopes. They were storm deities who had been imprisoned by Cronus. When Zeus freed them, they pledged themselves to him and helped him fight the Titans. They also forged Hades' invisibility helmet, Artemis's bow and arrows, Apollo's bow and arrows, and Poseidon's trident. In one of the Greek plays, Apollo killed the Cyclopes as retaliation for the murder of his son, Asclepius. In some versions, Zeus sentences Apollo to servitude for a year. In others, he revives either the Cyclopes or Asclepius. Looking to the Christian and Jewish scriptures, we have Goliath of Gath. He was the champion of the Philistine army. He was sent to defeat Saul, who was protected by David. David defeated Goliath by using his slingshot to fire a stone at him. The Israelites were victorious and David eventually became king. In Wales, there was Gog Magog. He and a group of other giants attacked Brutus, who was a descendant of the Trojans. Brutus defeated the giants and ended up having Gog Magog fight Corineus, the founder of Cornwall. Corineus was injured by Gog Magog before throwing the giant off of a cliff. In Irish folklore, there was a race of giants known as the Fomorians. Balor had one eye and was the god of death. Anyone who was caught in his gaze would die. Because of this, he would keep his eye closed until it was needed. Balor was meant to die by the hand of his grandson. He imprisoned his daughter, who still had children, that Balor threw into the ocean. One of them escaped and eventually led the Irish gods, the Tua de Danan, into battle. In that battle, Balor's grandson killed him by ripping out his eye. Still in Irish folklore, the warrior Finn McCall created what is known as the Giant's Causeway. He did this to get to Scotland so he could fight his rival, a giant named Benadonna, or the Red Man. By tearing up parts of the Antrim coastline, he made a path to get there. It was a bad idea, 
and Finn was forced back across the causeway, where he disguised himself as a baby. When Benadonna got to Ireland, he realised that if the baby was that large, his father, Finn McCall, must be even bigger than Benadonna and retreated. On his way back over the causeway, he ruined as much of it as he could to prevent the even larger giant, who didn't exist, from getting to him. Stories of giants pop up all over history in mythology and religious texts. But were they real? Like I said, this episode is a little different in terms of content. I'm not going to look at descriptions because most giants have individual descriptions and they're very similar to humans in terms of visual differences. Instead, we're going to look at the possible evidence that giants may have existed and the evidence to suggest that they don't. First, let's look at the evidence in favour of giants. In 2017, a photograph was taken by Kaylee Latendre, who sent them to CBC, a Canadian news outlet. The photo shows lakes that seem to resemble gigantic footprints. Another photo appeared soon afterwards, showing another lake that looked like a foot. This one was taken between Wati and Yellowknife by Andrew Beaverhoe. This evidence leans into law that goes back millennia and heritage research Alastair Andre states this law is still revered and adhered to. We've already looked at mysteries and creatures in the Northwest Territories and the Yukon, so it's possible that these stories do hold some truth. In June 2022, a video was sent in to Irish Central showing a secret door in the Giant's Causeway. I've seen the footage and it looks convincing. However, I think this one is just a very good hoax. If there really was a giant door on the side of the giant's causeway, I think there would have been more sightings of it. Maybe even more sightings of giants and their remains. In 1890, anthropologist George Vacher de la Pouge found some human bones in a Bronze Age grave in France. The bones indicated that the person would have been 27 feet tall. These bones were analysed by several professors at the University of Montpellier. They all confirmed the bones were human. Four years later, in a cemetery in Montpellier, three human skulls were found, along with some giant bones. It was determined that the bones belonged to a race of humans that would have been 10 to 15 feet tall. The grave of King Arthur, found in Glastonbury Abbey in Somerset, England, was discovered in 1191. When the grave was dug up, they found the remains of a man who was seven foot tall. There was a small woman next to the large skeleton whose golden hair disintegrated when it was touched. The grave had been found 16 feet under the ground, 
underneath a stone slab on a hollow log. The remains themselves were transferred to the monastic church, where they can still be seen today. However, in this day and age, seven foot is tall. Perhaps maybe not in the 12th century though. There are also stories from Kentucky about human skeletons being discovered that can measure between seven and eight feet long. But like before, is seven foot really that tall? Professor Aaron Mayer is trying to unravel the mystery of whether Goliath was real or not. He is studying the architecture of Gath, now called Tel Es Safi. It was settled around 5000 BCE and saw an exodus during the Arab-Israeli War in 1948. It's one of the Philistine cities mentioned in the Bible. The reason they're looking is because of the large-scale buildings found there. The city's buildings are oversized and made of stone. During the time the city was built, it would have taken significantly more work to move those stones. The idea then became that giants had to have been there to move such heavy stones, and that was taken literally and gave rise to the story of Goliath of Gath. That looks to be it for the evidence for the existence of giants. But what about the evidence against the existence of giants? Let's take a look at that too. One of the major pieces of evidence to suggest that giants don't exist comes from the skeletons that have been found. On Crete, several giant skulls were found and were believed to belong to the Cyclopes. It wasn't until they discovered large tusks as well that they discovered that the skulls weren't actually mythical creatures. When they were dated, the skulls were believed to be between 8 and 9 million years old. The skulls belonged to Dinotherium giganteum, which translates to huge, terrible beast. They stood at 15 feet tall. The skulls have a huge hole right in the front, which is why they were believed to be the skulls of Cyclopes. Paleontologists today believe that the space at the front of the skull suggests the existence of a pronounced trunk. Hoaxes from all over the world show photos of giant skeletons being unearthed in archaeological and paleontological digs. Just a quick Google search can show loads of images for them. All of them have been debunked as hoaxes, with someone photoshopping a skeleton into the image. In terms of the giant's causeway, scientists have looked into its origin. The investigations suggest that the causeway was formed over 60 million years ago. It happened due to a period of volcanic activity, forming basalt columns where the lava cooled. Each one of those columns interlocks with those around it and is almost perfectly hexagonal in shape. That's it for the evidence against the existence of giants. But wait, there's more. We get to look into biology for one final piece of evidence. We're looking at gigantism. 
It's a rare condition that causes the pituitary gland to produce too much growth hormone, known as somatotropin. This condition doesn't just affect height, but also girth as well. The pituitary gland sits at the base of the brain and helps with temperature control, sexual development, growth, metabolism and urine production. Sometimes a tumour grows on the gland, which causes the gland to make too much somatotropin. That's the most common cause of gigantism. Other causes can be McCune-Albright syndrome, which causes abnormal growth in bone tissue, patches of discoloured skin and abnormalities in the glands. Carney complex, which is an inherited condition that causes non-cancerous tumours to grow on connective tissue and can cause cancerous or non-cancerous endocrine tumours and spots of darker skin. Multiple endocrine neoplasia type 1, an inherited disorder that causes tumours in the pituitary gland, pancreas or parathyroid glands. And neurofibromatosis, an inherited disorder that causes tumours in the nervous system. Symptoms of gigantism include large hands and feet, thick fingers and toes, a prominent jaw and forehead, and coarse facial features. In children, it's also possible to see flat noses and large heads, lips or tongues. The symptoms are also dependent on the size of the tumour. It can cause headaches, vision problems or nausea due to it pressing on the nerves in the brain. As children grow older, they can also experience excessive sweating, severe or recurrent headaches, weakness, insomnia or other sleeping disorders, delayed puberty, irregular menstrual periods and even deafness. Nowadays, gigantism can be treated, but in the time of the mythologies, it wouldn't have been easy to remove a tumour in the pituitary gland. So the stories of giants may have sort of been true, but not in the sense that they were huge, 15-foot monsters. This has been a bit of a journey, and it was good to look at all of the stories and the evidence. I might continue to do it this way if it was if it does well. Giants may or may not exist, and I'm not going to tell you what the truth is. That's for you to decide. The history of today's creature came from an Alcation article called Human Giants in Law, Myth and Life. A Daily Beast article called Where Do Giants Come From? A Britannica article about Loki. A Greek Gods and Goddesses article called Cyclopes. An Orkney Jar article called Orkney's Giant Folklore. A Mental Floss article called 10 Mythical Giants from Around the World and an Irish Central article called Giant's Causeway Secret Doorway Caught on Camera. The evidence from today came from the Alcation article, the Daily Beast article, the Irish Central article, 
A CBC article called, Did Giants Roam Canada's Northwest Territories? Or do they still? A National Geographic article called, Cyclops Myth Spurred by Two One-Eyed Fossils? The Giants Causeway website, and a Healthline article about gigantism. References for the episode will be posted on social media for you to have a look at. Speaking of social media, links to those and other ways to listen are in the episode description under my link tree. You can currently find me on Facebook and Instagram. Patreon is getting an upload of one of the transcripts each week as part of the £3 tier. The link to the Patreon is also on the link tree and, as before, you're welcome to pledge more than £3 a month and I'll find something extra special for the people that do. I do have an email set up on the link tree, but it doesn't open a new email up, so that's in the description of the episode too. Send me your spooky stories, unexplained events, and anything else you want me to read out. Or, if you have any corrections or issues with things that I've said, let me know and I'll address them as soon as I see the email. The next episode will be out on Wednesday, and next week's Creature Feature will be released on July 23rd, so hold on until then.